You are listening to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580, where we bring you the latest in entertainment news, trending topics, and interviews. I'm your host, Robin Ayers, with you Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. on that drive home or at your home already. Um, Happy Monday to you. We have to start with some unfortunate, really sad news. Uh, and that is the song that you hear right now. The, the guy rapping Magoo has passed away at the age of 50. Now, if you grew up listening to Aliyah, listening to Missy and Timbaland and that whole crew, Gen- the whole g- crew, uh, Genuine, who was also in that crew, um, Magoo was just such a talented guy. He has such a unique voice. Um, you know, we loved hearing from Magoo. He's several hits, several songs that they were all a part of. And, um, you know, we woke up today with the news that he had passed away at the age of 50. And right now it's unknown what he passed away from. But uh, clearly 50 years old is very, very young and really unfortunate that, you know, that his family has to now uh, grieve his loss. So um, sending our condolences to his family as well. Also... This is heartbreaking. Another another death that we have to mention is Clarence Avant. And if you know, then you know. The Black Godfather is what they called him. Uh, he passed away at the age of 92 years old. And I'll tell you this. What a, a life that was full of meaning. A life that was full of... Um, of impact. He, he affected so many people. He helped so many people. Namely, the the industry, the the entertainment industry. Uh, He was the connector. He was all of these different things. And as many people as I know who've talked about him having their own personal experiences or relationships with him, uh, I have never met the black godfather, Clarence Avant. Um, And if you're familiar, the story that uh, is uh, that was circulating and, and really, really sad is that he had experienced a home invasion. Him and his his late wife uh, experienced a home invasion where she was killed. And so um, he had been living, you know, only the past couple of years without her. And it was him and uh, his son, obviously, Alex. Um, Alex Avant. Uh, it's just a, a really touching um, story. Very, very sad. But, you know. We all sort of now uh, we're looking at him, of course, knowing what an impact that he's made. But also, you know, he is reunited with his beautiful, beautiful bride. And so um, he will certainly be missed and, uh, again, affected a whole lot of people. So definitely want to send condolences to the Avant family as well and friends of the beloved Clarence Avant and Magoo. Um on some other news, here's what's interesting, very interesting. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, if you all are familiar with them, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, they were honored with a street named after them in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And less than 48 hours later, the sign was stolen. It's just, you know, when I when I see these things, I see, you know, something that's supposed to be monumental for you from your place where your hometown your city the people here the people who live here you have a group who 
rose to success and made some major moves in, in the industry and put your city or your neighborhood on the map. And then y'all want to go and take the sign that's honoring the very group. Andy. I think it goes along the lines of what Boozy said. You know, I mean, nobody from Bone Thugs got killed or anything like that. But it just seems like there's this level of hate from your own hometown. I remember Prodigy as well, too, uh, when he passed away. Uh, they had painted a mural of him in Queens. And maybe a couple of days, a week later, it was defaced. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. It's very, very sad when your people from your own neighborhood, your own place, your own hometown, when uh, it's just very sad that they will be the ones to do something like that. So hopefully it can be replaced and, uh, you know, once again, they can be celebrated. But um, anyway, I guess you can still say that there is a congratulations there that Bone Thugs and Harmony was honored with their own sign in Cleveland, Ohio, where they're from. So great i guess that's great for them um i also have to give a major major shout out to lamert park for coming out all of the the community who came out this past weekend on saturday to celebrate the peace love and reparations unity rally and concert where i was the host and had myself a good old time we were out there. I was doing the most. Y'all was doing the most, but I had such a great time. So I want to thank uh, the Black Pack. That's Tara Perry and Cam Howard over at Reparations United. Um, they're the ones who put the event together. And I have to say, it was awesome to see uh, the community come together. But an event being put on like this about a message. It was about reparations and getting knowledge and, and rallying behind the um the task force that just complete they just completed the reparations task force. So it's a celebratory moment, but it wasn't just like, okay, we're going to talk about this real quick and then move on and get to this concert. They, they in between intermittently, they had the message. It was the speakers. They had uh, Congress women and, and men. They had um, very powerful people who came to talk and, uh, and spoke about reparations and just speak to the community. And so also um, we want to shout out to Eric Benet who came out to the, uh, to the concert and performed Ro Timmy who came to perform the game. He actually came out and he performed a song, but more than anything, the game actually came out and spoke for about 20, 25 minutes, just spoke to the community and wanted them to know who he is, where he's from, and that he can relate to all of the, the community here and that life isn't about money and how much you have. It's about finding your happy, being happy. And so um, I don't know that there's anybody else going to get something like that, what he gave us on Saturday. So a special shout out there to to game and uh, all the people, all we had performers speaking, speaking of cakes. Uh, we had a bunch of people who were out there. JJ 88. Um, it was just really great, really, really great and uh, worth it to come to the next event. So, again, shout out to uh to Tara Perry and to Cam Howard for putting this entire thing on. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, um, let's go ahead and get to the Rob Report, Andy. Now it's time for a breakdown. Okay, what we're talking about, <laughs> I feel like the, the, the whole entire conversation is going to be surrounding exploitation or maybe a lack thereof. I don't know. We're going to talk about it and see what you think about it. Tiffany Haddish is producing a docu-series about successful women 
who date homeless men. I don't know. We're let, let that let that sizzle in your spirit. You tell me what you think about that. We're going to discuss it, break it down on the other side. Uh, we're also talking about the people and the news, uh, the news reporters and media, as well as Oprah, who came out to uh, Maui to visit some of the survivors of the fire over there and talk about whether they what 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 did they do over there what was the purpose of going over there was it to shed more light was it to uh be you know first and saying i was here i was able to see some of the survivors talk to them uh or is it to help we'll t- we'll talk about why they're saying they tar- turned oprah away uh and why they turned other reporters away is it exploitation or is it not we're going to talk about that on the other side with our entertainment contributor of the day you are listening to the raw report on kbla talk 1580 stay there yo what's going on it's your boy eric bellinger hanging out right here with my family at the raw report Keep it okay 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 i also want to give a major shout out Woo, it's been a day. It's been a day. I want to give a major shout out to Coriel over at the Soft Season Summit. Uh, wow. Um, she has some fantastic, this for the next few days, she's got some fantastic speakers, including myself, who just finished a workshop right before I logged into <laughs> to the Raw Report. And um, it, it, was, it was fantastic. She's got some wonderful people over there. So if you're interested in joining for the rest of the um, the summit, you will go to thesoftsummit.com <laughs> and, uh, and you can register. So uh, go ahead and do that. That was fantastic. That was fun for me. Um, shout out to you guys over in our YouTube chat. I see you. I definitely see you. Um, Thank you so much for the reminder as well, Pretty Brown Mimi. She says, don't forget to like. We appreciate that uh, definitely as well. I want to go ahead and jump into this first topic, talking about Tiffany Haddish, okay? Tiffany Haddish. Now, before the um, strike happened, Tiffany Haddish came and she was talking about her her company. You know, if, if you're all familiar with her company, is She Ready Productions and uh, everybody tries to do this for one one way or another. Everybody tries to uh, come up with their own production company so that they can have and produce their own events. And so um, she did that. And she's talking about a specific event that I'm actually curious about. She herself was once a, a homeless woman. And she's talking about how she wants to put together a docu-series. So I want to break this topic down, but I'm not going to do it by myself. We have got... The one you all know, you all know and love, Nick Hamilton from Nightcast Media. Hey, Nick, how are you today? Hey, Nick. Hey, Robin, how you oh. doing? <laughs> I'm like, can Nick hear me? I'm, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. Happy Monday to you. Um, yeah, it's a great Monday to you. I appreciate you. I definitely appreciate you, sir. So um, if you've heard by now, uh, Tiffany Haddish, who's producing this docu-series on uh, homeless men who are dating successful women she says there's a stigma around homeless people which you know i would agree with her on that and she you know obviously she's told her story and how she was homeless before as well but she's saying that she wants to put together a docuseries about successful women who are dating homeless men and uh basically saying that everybody deserves love and although i agree with her i'm just trying to figure out how this thing would work okay how will this work how will we uh how will we watch 
even something like this and not feel a certain kind of way when we're watching it. I want to get your thoughts on uh, what you feel about the fact that she's trying to put something like this together. I mean, I think, you know, from a particular standpoint, I understand her viewpoint because she once was homeless, like she said. And so she does. She kind of wants to help erase a certain stereotype when it comes to, um, you know, dealing with people that are homeless. And when we think about homeless, obviously we think about people living in tents or living under a freeway. But some people just live in their cars. Uh, some people live in abandoned buildings. Like um, some people just live on the street. So I think. What she's trying to do is say, hey, everybody deserves love. Everybody deserves an opportunity at love. But don't know how this is going to resonate with the folks who may, who she may be targeting. That's the only question I ask. Who she's going to be targeting. Um, I already feel like when we see anyone who takes a camera, anybody who's successful, by the way, uh, we've seen it time and time again where people who are uh, rappers or well-known celebrities or just rich people and they bring out cameras to watch them feed the homeless. They bring out cameras and, and they fill their car with a bunch of, you know, uh, McDonald's hamburgers or Happy Meals or whatever. And they're trying to do that on camera to capture the moment. Uh, what I've heard time and time and time again, just from people who are watching it, people who are in the comments or things like that, they're saying, put the cameras down. Now you seem to be exploiting these people and, and the life that they're living. If you're doing something, do it out of the kindness of your heart. Uh, don't put cameras all in their faces. They're going through things. Now, there are some people who are homeless who don't mind this whatsoever. They don't mind. Um, however, uh you get people who are a little bit more shy or, you know, um, embarrassed, maybe just things like that. So I can't I can't really imagine how this works. You know, of course, this is something that has not it's not in the works as of yet. It's something that she is looking to do. She She's set to produce this this uh, this project. But I'm just not so sure. How are we going to watch? How does it even make sense? A successful woman who is, you know, let's let's describe successful. I don't know, Nick. What do you think is successful of a woman? Six figures, maybe a businesswoman. What are you, what are your thoughts? I mean, somebody has their own residence, I guess. Your own uh, residence, which is um, which is unfortunately opposite of what they're trying to date. I mean, I don't know. I, I think success is relative, but I also think. Um, you know, to your earlier point, I think there's waivers. I'm sure there's waivers that have to be signed in order for you to be able to film these people um, who happen to be down on their luck. And, you know, I don't I don't find it exploit. I don't see any exploitation with this per se, because you did have somebody who once was homeless, who actually battled their way through the um, the system as far as, you know, the, 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 the foster care system, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um so I don't think Tiffany Haddish is trying to exploit anybody. I think she's, she thought she has, a, you know, a good idea. And, you know, it's something that's different. That's something that, And it's true. We haven't seen anything like this mm -hmm. um, in the reality space. So I think it is different. Um, and I think she's trying to bring um, maybe some awareness, under, you know, as an undertone uh, to how to treat people. You know, maybe showing these women that just because they may be down, these, these, these men or women may be down on their luck doesn't mean that they're less than a human being they deserve love too so mm -hmm. you know that could be the message that she's trying to disseminate to the audiences and people to kind of see things from a different perspective based upon their own idiosyncrasy so yeah you no know, we'll see 
You make a good point. You make a really good point. And by by no means am I because again, you you made the point that if Tiffany Haddish herself was homeless, she's coming from that from that uh that's her lens that she's looking uh at this entire project from, which I totally understand and I don't believe that she's intending to be exploitative. Not not at all, not even a little bit. I'm talking about the bigger picture here. Sometimes you can be a little uh, tone deaf and you can you cannot be reading the room because you think you have a good idea. That's more my concern. Is this a situation where it's a little tone deaf? Now, another another uh, great point. I want to uh, shout out to Fahima Sek in the uh, YouTube chat who says she had a friend in NYC who was an art historian and was dating a homeless poet. Now, here are here's the fact there are some people who are houseless who are not necessarily down on their luck they are they choose not to have a home because you know of many there's a a variety of reasons either they are in between homes maybe they're trying to save money and they have themselves a nice little encampment somewhere that they feel safe somewhere that there's like a, a little community but technically you're looking that from the outside and you say that that's homeless there are people who are houseless who are not necessarily down on their luck they have jobs they are saving their money so you do have situations like that and maybe that could be uh maybe something of a um of a of a of an angle maybe that she would want to take I'm not quite sure, um, but okay Fahima is is on the line to talk with us right now uh, Fahima give us your point how how are you doing today? Yeah, I posted in the chat uh, back in the 90s. I had a friend who was an art historian, and she had a very good job, and she was dating. Well, she was flirting and dating with this guy who was a homeless poet. We often think about people. All homeless people aren't living. You know, in a in a, a tent, some of them are, are couch surfing. Some of them, you know, they may be staying with friends. But she was dating a homeless poet, mm-hmm. and so it's not uncommon, you know. And I, as a clinician, I've worked with people who were homeless, and they're not all living in tents. They may just not have homes of their own. Um, they may be couch surfing or living with relatives or staying in a shelter. So it's not it's not always someone living in a tent or sleeping in you know under the bridge. And, and that's all I wanted to share. Can, let me ask you this question, Fahima, because you you're making the the point here. Um, I think automatically when we say when we see a, a headline that says Tiffany Haddish wants to pair or follow a pair of uh, someone who's successful dating a homeless person, we automatically think to that picture in our minds. We all have the picture in our minds, uh, w- you know, one way or another of that person who is literally down and out, that liter- that person who is begging for money or uh, or asking for for food. Uh, we all have that picture in our mind but you're saying w- would you watch something like this of a person who is not necessarily down and out but someone who is just living uh you know in an encampment like a community or something like that would you watch something you know, like that I, I think it would probably be very interesting particularly since i did know someone who was relatively successful um and she was well they were flirting and they went out for coffee a couple of times and you know I used to tease her about it. But it's not uncommon. I mean the person just doesn't have a home of their own. Yeah. But they're not always living in their car. 
They may be staying with relatives or couch surfing. So it might be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate that perspective. Thank you so much, Fahima. Thank you. Um, Nick, uh, my question for you is, uh, Pretty Brown Mimi says, why not focus on getting them help? Job training, counseling, helping them find homes. Now, uh, again, everybody can come in with their own opinion on the matter and, and say, you, we should do this or she should do that. This is her own idea. This is Tiffany Haddish's idea. So if she wants to go with this and, and, and have it be about love, then fine. But to, uh, to uh, Mimi's point about helping the homeless find jobs or, you know, job training, do you feel like that would be a little bit more appealing? I mean, I think people have to do what they feel they need to do. I mean, we need variety. We always talk about everybody trying to copy or mimic the next person that, that's out here, but there's no variety or, or, or diversity in the sense of creating different concepts And because there's different ways. It's just like everybody can't be a social justice uh you know, uh, uh, everybody can't be out for social justice. You know what I'm saying? There, there are people that are out for social justice, but then there are people out that, hey, there's a homeless problem. Or, hey, there's a teen, you know, uh, trafficking problem. You know what I'm saying? We need people to, t- to tackle that. There's people that, you know, they're, 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 the school system is, is in, in piss poor shape. You know, there's people that need to tackle that. You can't just say, okay, why not they do this? Why, why, don't, why don't they do this or do that? Well, maybe this is their way of giving back. Mm-hmm. in a different way that you may or may not have seen. And I'm not saying that, you know, the, the lady that commented, that we're, we're talking about her comment is wrong. I'm just saying just look at it from a different perspective. Sure. Like, everybody has their own lane. You know what I mean? Robin, you have your lane. Mm-hmm. I have my lane. Like, there's different lanes. It doesn't mean that we're not trying to better society in our particular lanes. It's just we're doing it in a different, going a different route. I take but your ultimately, point. we hope that. To, you know, to end up at the same finish line. Yeah, I take your point. Um, makes sense. Um, we'll we'll see what happens with it when the when the thing comes out. When her project comes out, I'm sure after the strike, maybe she will continue on with it. We will see what happens and what the ratings look like. Uh, right now we've got news, traffic, and sports. But when we come forward, we are going to talk about Oprah and whether she she got turned away from visiting the survivors of the fires over in Maui. You're listening to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. You are listening to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580, where we bring you the latest in entertainment news and trending topics and interviews. I've had some really great interviews lately uh, that I'm very excited about, and we're not done. If you guys stay with us, you will know that we're got, we've got some uh, some really great things on the way for you guys, so I'm excited about that. If you're just joining us, we are having a conversation. We just had a conversation about Tiffany Haddish and her new idea to produce this docuseries about homeless people dating successful women, and uh, we're just not quite sure how it's going to work out. Um I have my own thoughts on that, but, you know, I've already expressed it and we we will wait to see how it how it comes, how it comes out and uh, what will happen once it airs. If it does actually make it to uh, to network television or streaming or wherever that project will land. But um, we've got Nick Hamilton with us and we are about to uh, have another discussion about. Maybe a different type of exploitation. Uh, you you let me know if this is it or not. So apparently there was a word that said Oprah was uh, was turned away from visiting shelters where there were survivors of that massive tragic fire uh, that happened over on Maui, where uh, there were the the rising uh, death toll is still is still 
rising. Um, they said that she was turned away. It turns out she was not turned away. However, what they're saying is that there were reporters and there were media camera people who wanted to go and and film uh, all of the survivors and film what's going on out there. Now, as a person of the media, y'all know I be filming everything. If you follow me on my social media, um, I, I film a lot of things, but. It's more, first of all, I, I try to stay away from doing anything distasteful or anything that I feel like will put other people in um, in a bad light or make them feel embarrassed about something. I try to stay away from situations like that. But when it comes to being informative, absolutely, because, you know, where are they going to where are the people going to hear anything like this? So uh, I do understand it at one on one hand, but at the same time, you know, these people are hurting and devastated and have lost everything to their names. And in fact, some of them have lost people that they love. So uh, I, I see it two different ways, but Oprah did make mention of the fact that she went and visited. We know that Oprah does own uh, property and land out in Maui. Uh, we don't know what she's going to end up doing out there, if she's going to make it her official home, uh, but we, we shall see. But she has a she has a love for Hawaii. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to what Oprah says. Hey, everybody. You know what this week has taught me is that when you don't know what to do, you do whatever you can. I went to visit uh, one of the big shelters here at the War Memorial and asked people what it is they needed and then went shopping for some things, some you know, basic things like towels and um, sheets and <sighs> shampoo and other necessities. And uh, at some point I will make a major donation after all of the smoke and ashes have settled here and we figure out what the rebuilding is going to look like. This is going to be a, a long and difficult process. Um, but spending time at the shelters, I've met so many incredible people. One guy, Julius, I said, She's talking about Julius, who was burned badly all over his body. And she says his legs were bandaged, um, basically all bandaged. And she asked him what he needed. And she and he said, uh, ma'am, I don't need anything just because he was so grateful for his life now. Now, I guess it's one thing to have Oprah step in there and uh, and take assessment of what what's going on, what happened, you know, how bad the situation is. Obviously, uh, we can see certain things with our with our own eyes from the damage that's been done. But to go sit in front of the people and go speak with the people who are in need, uh, that's one thing. But Nick, give me your 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 thoughts. You know, you are also part of our of media and your job as well is to be informative and it's to report on certain situations that are going on and oftentimes uh to the benefit uh in the credit of media sometimes people don't know how bad a situation is unless you see you know, a reporter going out there with cameras and showing you that it's really, really bad and we can use your help. You know, certain people just may not know. So how do you look at this? Um, they're being turned away because they're like, listen, it's it's inappropriate at this time to go and put your cameras in these faces of of these survivors here. Um, but do you see it as being more informative in reporting on situations like this? No, I don't. I think it's a time and a place. And I think when you have such a, such a devastation like we've witnessed 
I mean, we've seen the pictures. Obviously, we've seen the, the, the ash and the char um, from this devastating fire. You know, first I like, send my condolences and thoughts out to the people and the survivors because, I mean, that's just... I mean, just to see the pictures and some of the, even some of the video, the aerial video that we've been able to, to see and witness, I mean, it's been absolutely tragic. Um, so I don't have a problem with them turning the cameras away. I mean, they can get, they can get cameras another day. It's not going to, it's not going to affect them. I mean, these are real human people. Um, and I, listen, I have more faith in Oprah than I have in the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. And I think Oprah can move mountains. Um, and I'm glad to see that she's on the ground. I mean, I, I applaud her for being on the ground. I applaud her for being amongst the people and really getting down to the nitty gritty of some of these people and their needs and really, and then also being able to go out and say, okay, what do you need? And actually going to do that in addition to what she says she plans on doing as far as donating financially. I mean, there've been a lot of people that donated financially, actors, actresses, obviously, you know, two to come to mind are obviously uh, Floyd Money Mayweather yeah. um, and Jeff Bezos most recently uh, who have donated a large amount of money. Um, and it's going to take that along with, you know, healing, um, I hope they they're they're providing counselors for for the people that survive for a very long time because they're going to need it. Um, that island is going to probably take anywhere between five to ten years to, to fully start to become restored. Um, because when you look at the devastation um, of that island, um, it's, it's, it's very heart wrenching and it's, it's sad. So I mean, my, kudos to Oprah uh, for being gr- at ground zero um, and really getting you know attached to the people and really connecting with the people and, and doing the work for the people that can't do the work for themselves. Sure. I, and I agree with you, Nick. Then what's the answer? Because Oprah is one person, and, and obviously she's got a lot of reach, but she doesn't have all the reach, right? Um, what will be the answer for someone who is in media? Do they just go and write stories on this and just leave the cameras at home? How, how would you go about it? I think there, should, there, there needs to be a time where the cameras can be allowed in at some point, not right now. Mm-hmm. Also, I think they need to use their voices and be able to re- remind people that this, you know, this is still the United States. It's not some foreign country. Yeah. You know, Maui, Oahu, the Big Island, they're still part of Hawaii, which is still one of the 50 U.S. states. Mm-hmm. Um, so people need to be reminded that, you know, pass information. If you can't get a camera in, Use your social media. The power of social media can be a very positive thing when it's used correctly. You, you know, let people know where they can donate. Let people know what they need, you know, and, and post it on your social media. Do, I mean, people don't have a problem doing videos. Do videos. I mean, there's other ways that you can do to get the message out about people that are in need and really are able to, to, to get that. Um, they can put pressure on, on, on the, the local government, um, you know, uh, those, those people in Washington. Um, that make decisions to get aid and to get resources to the island of Maui to ensure that the people are taken care of, not just today or tomorrow or next month, but for years to come. That's how you utilize. You have to know how to pivot and and, and become a, a resource um, instead of a liability. Mm. You know, one of the problems, the many problems that I have with social media is the uh the ability to see something in your face, see that there's a problem, an issue, and you might even feel like uh, something is tugging on you and compelling you to do something about it. But then you also have the ability to scroll right past it and then just be on with your business. That n- Now you're not watching it or you're, you're not reading it anymore. So the emotion has passed and you're able to just kind of put, put it to the side. I, I literally, I hate that about social media, but I feel like 
media is a little bit different than social media. Social media is a part of it, but media, meaning traditional, you know, when you have your broadcast or, you know, newspapers and articles and, and blogs now, you know, actual uh, news blogs, it's a little bit different. And I think the people who read those, take it, read those or watch those types of uh, outlets, they take things a little bit more seriously because social media uh, is it's just su such a quick um you know, it's just such a quick flash, right? Uh, but anything else, I, I mm -hmm. think, is is necessary. So that's why I, I feel like there's got to be a different way. People are reporting on it. But again, I don't think people really know how bad it is. So, yes, uh, I agree with you. There is a time and there is a place. I just don't know the proper way to do it. Do we have to leave it to the writers for now just to, to go and write about the devastation? Or do we just do overview um uh, cameras where you know helicopters shooting from over just to kind of show what the damage is like but when it comes to talking to the people or seeing the people in need I, my fear is that if people don't see it they will forget about it or not feel compelled to do anything about it help out in some way yeah I think that's partially true but also too you got to remember there are different types of social media I mean a lot of people consume they don't read anymore most people don't read anymore so they consume their news their information via Twitter, via YouTube, via Instagram, TikTok even. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of different various ways that media outlets have been able to utilize social media to be able to disseminate the, that, that information and those images that need to get out to the public. I think in due time you will hear from, from, from people if they're willing to talk and, you know, be able to be sensitive enough to say, hey, if they don't want to talk, okay, we understand. Find somebody else who's willing to talk. Um, go along the, 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 the island and, and take video. You know, we've, we've seen that even with hurricanes, even with tsunamis. Um, there have been reporters that have gone along the devastation and taken their personal phones and, and video and been able to, to, to tell about the devastation that way. And I think there's, like I said, I think there's many ways you can tell a story. I don't think there's one way that you have to tell a story to get people's attention. Uh, definitely agree with you uh, on that. But I'll tell you this before I let you go, Nick, uh, if you remember that uh, searing image that how was that was in everybody's minds when Trump, you know, when Puerto Rico experienced that devastating hurricane and Trump went out there and he started throwing paper towels to the people. I mean, that was just something that had been like burned into the minds of the people. And it was because you can see the image of that it was because there was actual video footages of that uh that people understood the uh severity of number one what the people are going through but number two how trump was mm -hmm. sort of treating these people so there is something very very pow powerful to say about uh media and the cameras and everything like that but like you said uh, uh the right place right time type of thing i guess we just gotta wait and see yeah, no question. I think also to remember how fast was that image upheld. It, that, that image of Trump throwing the paper towels, it blew up on social media yeah. quick. Yeah. And so I'm not saying they can't take video, but I'm saying you don't necessarily have to show the people right now, but you can show the devastation. Like I mentioned earlier about those photos, those photos and that video that yeah. we saw, I was like, whoa, this was really serious. Like this was really impactful, you know, in a very devastating way. So I think, like I said, there are other ways of doing it and there are other ways of getting the story until you can get that other piece of the story. I agree. Well, Nick Hamilton, thank you again so much for joining me today. Uh, and congratulations once again on all the work you're doing over at Nightcast Media. Let everybody know where they can find you online. Well, you can find me at uh, Nightcast Media. That's N-I-C-E-C-A-S-T-M-E-D-I-A dot com. 
uh, your gateway to news, sports, entertainment, tech, and culture. You can also find me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Catch me every Tuesday, 11, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Sirius XM, Channel 145, The NH Experience with myself, Jackie Ray, and my producer extraordinaire, Jake Warner. Having a good time. <laughs> That's what's up. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Enjoy the rest of your night. You too, Robin. Thank you. Appreciate you. When we come forward, of course, we've got your Who's Got Next and What Not to Miss on the other side. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. All right, let's go ahead and get into this one. This is, uh, it just, it's a feel-good song. It's called All Right by Fulton Lee. The human heart's impatient, babe, but you'll never be anything but all right. Mm. right. Keep letting it play in the background. Hey. (laughs) I love that. Oh, that's the whole vibe right there. Black 909, DJ Black 909 says, acoustic vibe reminds me of Karim Bailey Ray. Nice. Mimi says, eclectic vibe. Definitely. Deborah Chicoa, she says, yes, this is a feel-good song. Love it. I agree with you. Forrest Harrison says, I'd play that in a minivan for my three-year-old granddaughter. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that? He calls his his music bubblegum music, and you can kind of get it. You understand it. Uh, Penny Thompson says, Robin, yes, chill and, and listen. It's a nice vibe. I completely agree with all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Even the whole plan planned it in a minivan for us. I get it. I totally get it. Well, listen, um, you should get <laughs> tickets to Maxwell that's going to be performing at the Hollywood Bowl with uh, Pink Sweat, Sir, and Ravina. These are going to be some. This is going to be a great concert. I can tell you that right now. This is happening early September, so you want to get tickets now. Um, Again, Maxwell at the Hollywood Bowl. Something you do not want to miss because Maxwell is just that guy. He brings it. He brings it all the time. And so uh, I'm sure that's going to be a straight fire show for you. Um, Been a great one for us as well. Sorry for all the down news. Again, we are mourning the passing of Magoo and uh, the Clarence Avant as well. Um, tomorrow, we're going to be back. We're going to have a great show for you tomorrow. I'm sure of it. Uh, listen, I'm Robin Ayers, your host for today. And remember, today and every day forward to be a blessing.